0: Drunk Dietitians is co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. These dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Their mission is for all humans to believe that they were made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. They are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although these ladies are medical professionals, they are human too. They are not afraid to share their deepest, darkest secrets and how years of their lives were taken by diet culture. They started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join Sammy and Jenna for a casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Cheers. Welcome back to another solo episode. Sammy from Fine Food Freedom here. Um, And I'm really excited for this one. I think this one is needed more than ever with just 2020, man. Um we're jumping into another holiday themed episode where i'm going to share with you one of my trainings that i did with my following and and we jumped deep into how to travel stress free during the holidays and i'm if you can't hear it on my voice which how could you hear a smile that was actually a dumb comment <laughs> but I'm smiling because I, mean, I don't really think there is a way to travel stress-free right now just because of COVID and, and everything going on in the world. But I will say that when I say traveling stress-free and, and when Jenna and I had this idea for this, this episode, it, it's how do you travel in a way that's honoring your body's needs from a fueling perspective? So food, hydration, again, taking care of you, um, simple acts of self-care that are not rigid, are not strict, are not diet culture rules. Um, And I know Jenna even, she shared in previous episodes of her own story, how she used to like cook and pack all of her food and bring it through security at the airport because she wouldn't eat food in the air airports. That's not what we're talking about. And I know Jenna shared her personal story of that being one of her signs of disordered eating. Um, But there are things that you can bring along and kind of anticipate where, whether it's travel delays or, you know, Food deserts as you're driving cross country or up north to see the family or whatever it is, we want to just give you some simple travel hacks that are going to make you feel more comfortable and confident with your relationship with food during the holiday season. So we know that diet culture is loud, we know that life is stressful in 2020 in general, but now we're adding holidays. And if you are choosing to travel for the holidays, we're adding another layer. So it's, okay, how do we help support you? And that's what we want to give you all of those resources and and all of the things that we work on, not only with ourselves and that Jenna and I take very seriously, but also with our clients and, and how do we give them ammunition? So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. And again, this Yes, I'm, I'm, we're talking about holiday travel, but I want you to know travel in general, right? I don't care if it's Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, New Year's Day. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday and or just a regular Monday in March, for gosh sakes. It really doesn't matter what day it is. When you are traveling, you can use these tips and tricks. So if you're not already please give me a follow at find.food.freedom um, and give Jenna a follow as well at happystronghealthy.rd and we will give you even more tips and tricks and resources so you are not feeling alone, you are not feeling stressed, and you will have all of the support that you need this holiday season. So enjoy this episode uh, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to day three of our three-day Fine Food Freedom holiday series, um, our training series. Today, we're going to be talking all about travel and how to travel stress-free during the holidays, which is kind of funny to even say in 2020, like, first of all, the word stress-free, and secondly, the word travel, because COVID is still happening and going rampant, but if you choose to travel or whether it be a road trip to family where you're all quarantining together, or if you are taking a flight, of course, taking safety precautions, but we want to try to give you all of the tips and tricks that you need to be able to travel and do simple acts of self-care to take care of yourself regarding food and hydration. um, because it can be easy to get thrown off when you're traveling So again, my name is Sammy Previtt. I am a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, certified personal trainer, and owner of Fine Food Freedom. Um, We have all different programs at Fine Food Freedom to make sure that everybody gets the support that they need. We have one-on-one coaching, we have group coaching, and then we also have a mastermind program, which is like a hybrid of one-on-one and group. So you get that individualized care along with the group, All of our programming is 100% virtual. We work with clients all over the world. um, And we also have our online course. So if you say, "Eh, I don't really know if I need like full support, like coaching right now, but you're still interested in learning the intuitive eating principles and finding food freedom, you can absolutely jump right into the course and get everything that you need with 20 plus videos, 120 plus page workbook, and really dive into those principles. Um, and then I also co-host a podcast. So you have probably heard or or seen fine Food freedom before if you are on this training because we we promote these on our social media and and get these out as resources. So let's jump in to today. Um, I always like to start with, yes, I'm a dietitian, yes, I'm an intuitive eating counselor, but I haven't always been that person. Um, I spent, years and years and years in diet culture, you can go all the way back to episode one of Drunk Dietitians, the podcast I co-host, and listen to that. That's really like my story of disordered eating, and I go deep into detail. But I spent about eight years of my life hating my body, trying to manipulate my body, burning off calories in attempts to lose weight, restricting food groups, yo-yo dieting. And in the midst of all of that, When I was at my most disordered point, I was actually studying to be a dietitian, which is hilarious looking back, not hilarious, but it's ironic that I was studying to be a dietitian and yet I was the unhealthiest I've ever been. But I was thinking that I was doing it all in the pursuit of health. Um, And it wasn't until I found intuitive eating later in my career as a dietitian that I was able to respect my body, make peace with my body, make peace with food, um, tie physical and emotional pleasantness to my eating experiences. I do not restrict food. Um, And again, I know I'm coming from a place of a very privileged, thin white woman, but so, of course, I'm not speaking on the experience of every single human in the world. This is just my little highlight of my story. Um, there are, you know, everybody can struggle with food and body image issues. But I think it's really important to also take note of that people that reside in larger bodies also have weight stigma done to them or oppression or fat shaming. And those things, I do not pretend to understand what that is like. Um, And that is a whole nother training that if you go to bit.ly forward slash fine food freedom training or bit.ly slash fine food freedom training, we do a whole training series on the truth behind weight and health and also um, how to build a better body image. And those two go a little more deep into some of the things I was just chatting about. So it's so easy to go off on tangents on these because there's so many different things we can talk about, but we're going to stick to today's. Um, topic, which is all about traveling during the holidays. So before we get started, I always like to just make sure we're taking a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, and we're leaving the guilt and shame at the door. We're going to give ourselves grace as we walk through this presentation together. And we're going to stay curious because the more curious that you are, um, you can learn and you can you know, stay open without judgment or shame. And that's, that's really what we're here to do today. So today's presentation is all about how to travel stress-free during the holidays. I want to make it really clear too that of course this is, This, if you're listening, you can listen to this any time of the year that you're traveling, right? And this is still going to be helpful and have tips and tricks. But again, as I said when we started the presentation, traveling in 2020 looks a heck of a lot different than it did last year. And we just need to take note that, you know, this is if you are going to be participating in traveling, whether that's road trips, whether that is a flight, um, whatever that looks like, that we're going to have some tips. For you. So I like to start off with a little true and false here. Um, So you can answer these questions, whether you're doing it out loud, whether you're writing it in your phone, whether you're writing it in the chat, whatever you want to do, true or false. And I'm going to say some statements. I take time for gratitude when I travel. Or another way to say that, I take time to practice gratitude when I travel. Next statement. I practice stress management when I travel. Next statement. I pack snacks when I travel. Next statement. I focus on my water intake when I travel. And next statement. I eat every three to four hours when I travel. So These statements here, um, we're going to be talking through some of our favorite travel tips at Find Food Freedom, but I like to just take this little assessment that if you are, you know, false, 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 five falses in a row, there is nothing wrong with that. Remember, there is no morality tied to any of our habits or behaviors. We're just really building awareness around this. Um, so what we're going to talk about is the importance behind some of these things and how just focusing on some of the most simplistic things can make huge differences while you're traveling. So I'm going to say it again, 2020, there's lots of stress already, right? Travel restrictions due to COVID-19. Um, so traveling, is already stressful, but in 2020, it's going to add like even a a bigger layer of stress. And I think it's just building awareness and, and recognizing that is really important. So we have added stress when we travel during the holidays. And I'm going to say a few different examples of things that I have heard time after time after time with clients who are maybe newer to intuitive eating, newer to find food freedom are coming from diet culture where they've been on diet after diet after diet. I'll hear some of these things being said. I'm not in control of the food that is available or what I'm being served. I'm out of my routine on vacation. Fuck it. I might as just well blow my diet anyways, because none of the foods that I regularly eat are around me. There are so many tempting or air quotes, bad foods around. I just can't stay away from them. I can't stop eating them. These are the kind of things that we hear. So how do we navigate this, right? So focusing on the basics is very, very, very important when it comes to traveling, because there's only so much you can control. And a big part of traveling is truly just having radical acceptance for all the shit show that's going on around you. If you think about an airport, right, you cannot control the people around you. Unfortunately, you have to have a radical acceptance for what's going on and you can just control what you can control. And by doing that, it can be really, really helpful. So sanitation and wearing a mask. Of course, this is an intuitive eating food freedom uh, presentation and talk. So this is just to make sure I'm making it abundantly clear that if you do choose to travel, the best thing you can do for your health out of anything we talk about today is sanitizing around you, wearing a mask, wearing gloves if you feel more comfortable, whatever makes you feel comfortable, but making sure that you're doing your part to try to sanitize and and have great hygiene with all that's going on in the world. More so than any of the nutrition, any of the fitness, any of the stress management, that is the number one priority. Um, From there, again, looking at hydration, fueling frequently, gratitude and stress management, and movement that you enjoy, which we're gonna go much more into depth. So first we're starting with hydration because before we ever get into the food that someone is consuming, I highly, highly, highly recommend hydration as your number one focal point um, because water is found in every single cell in your body. Water plays a very, very, very key role in the digestion of nutrients, aka our food that we eat. So to be able to take that food and use it in our body, we need water. Water helps improve your cognitive function, your speed and strength if you are into fitness or movement. Um, It helps with immunity. It also helps with joint mobility. So less risk of injury if we're partaking um, in movement. So water, it's important. And we know that, right? We hear all the time like drink water, drink water, drink more water. Um, of course we hear that, but it, it truly is an important factor. And so an easy, basic thing that you can do while traveling, we can look at this two different ways, right? I'm, I'm thinking like a flight versus a car trip. So if we are in the car, making sure that you bring super large water bottles filled up with water before you hit the road is a great way to not only prioritize your water, but also save a little money because water bottles are expensive at gas stations and whatnot. So packing up big old water bottles that you have a screw on cap, you have them in the car, you're ready to go. That is awesome. Um, Now, if you have the ability to be in a car too, a little trick I like to use is you have those, those big water bottles I was talking about, but also a Yeti, With a straw, because that way, one, your water stays cold if you like cold water. And two, you have that straw that you can consistently sip from, right? So you don't have to unscrew a cap. You don't have to take your eyes off the road. You can be doing multiple things at once. You can just pick up your water and drink it. Now, going on a flight, Taking a Yeti with a straw—it's kind of a pain in the butt, right? You can't really put your water bottle anywhere. You might kick it over on the floor. It doesn't really fit in the seat, like the seat back. That you have that little pouch um, of the person's chair in front of you. So that's where just taking a water bottle through security can be really helpful. So if you're going to a airport, of course that water bottle has to be empty if you're going through security. But bringing a big old water bottle with a screw cap in your carry-on. So when you get through security at an airport, you're going straight to the water bottle filling station. You're filling it up. You're prioritizing your hydration. And again, you do not need to spend five to 10 bucks on a big old water bottle at the airport. You're also saving a little bit of money. So that is one thing that is so important. It's so easy um, to focus on. And we know that it'll have a direct impact on your cognitive function, like your physical, um, feeling like you'll feel more pleasant if you're hydrated and we're at a risk of dehydration when we are flying due to the altitude and and the, the air in the plane and all of those things. So being extra, extra careful and making sure we're bringing a water bottle can be such an easy thing. So now that we're talking about travel, like the actual act of traveling, but then the same thing goes for when you're at, family or friends' houses, if you brought these water bottles with you, now you have that with you so you can constantly fill it up at their house and you have that with you versus if let's say you're in this new environment, um, not where you usually live, right? And you're having to seek like a cup of water, which again, might be super easy, but it's so easy also to be thrown off and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't go get a cup. They didn't have water bottles. I didn't, you know, I just was thrown off. So whatever we can do to make it as simple as possible, that is going to be helpful during that holiday season. So we talked about hydration next up fueling frequently. So when it comes to food from a diet culture lens, and it's so funny because when I made this training, I completely forget like how entrenched in diet culture people are or how I used to be so entrenched, entrenched in diet culture where my message may be, 5 years ago would have been like, you know, don't gain weight during the holidays, right? Like don't eat sweets during the holidays. Let's do this detox during the holidays to to not gain weight, um all that kind of bullshit. So that is like I forget that that even exists and that people are still doing that. Um when it comes to food during the holidays, the number one piece of advice that I can give you is eat frequently. Like if there's, if I could only give you one piece of advice around food, which is what I'm doing right now, eat every three to four hours period. I don't care what food it is. Um, of course there are some things that will balance your blood sugar, maybe keep you a little more full, like fuller longer than others, but the more frequently you eat, the more balanced your blood sugar is, will be, um, the more that your hunger is not going to feel ravenous where you want to eat everything in sight, which we will get to here in a sec. Um, so eating frequently. So now if we bring this into the conversation of travel, right? If you are traveling on a plane, being very intentional to pack non-perishable snack items in your bag, you never know when you're going to get stuck on the runway for an hour, right? They're like, oh, we need to check this, or we need to de-ice the plane, or you know, these 17 planes are in front of us. Sorry, guys, it's going to take about an hour. That is like the worst, right? And so now your your two-hour flight is a three-hour flight, and you haven't ate two hours prior to the flight. You don't have a snack. They give you like two little freaking pretzels in a bag, right? (laughs) Um, So making sure that you have non-perishable snack items. This doesn't mean that you're not allowed to eat things from the airport. If you don't wanna bring and you wanna go to the airport and just buy some snacks in the airport, great. But airports are expensive and they upcharge for everything. So if you can grab bars, nuts, dried fruit, maybe like roasted um, beans, like a roasted chickpea or roasted seeds, jerky, whatever it is, right? Applesauce packets or are kind of fun too. Um, So there's so many different things that you can pack ahead of time. So then when you are flying, you have food, right? If you know that you're going to be on a four-hour flight, you're not eating meals before that. By the time you get to the person's house, like you are going to be famished. So knowing that you have things on hand can be super helpful. And then the same thing goes for traveling in a car, packing non-perishable food items, as well as if you Have the privilege and the ability to pack perishable meals and snacks, pack a big old cooler, throw some turkey wraps, some sandwiches, some yogurt, some cheese sticks, maybe some, some pieces of fruit, like easy pack fruit, like an apple or a banana, um, any, any veggies like carrots. You could pack little hummus cups. There's so many different things that you can do that it may feel overwhelming at first. If that's not something you traditionally do, but if you have a eight hour car ride and all you need to do is take, you know, five minutes to take out a cooler, take some items out of your fridge and put them into the cooler and put that cooler into your car. That could be huge. And that again, that little act of self-care that is not diet culture. Uh, I once had a client say to me, well, Sammy, I can't pack my lunch because that's dieting. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. we got to go back. What What do you mean by that? And when she was on diets, traditionally, she wasn't, she wouldn't allow herself to eat out at a restaurant or um, she was only allowed to bring certain things from home. So the idea of packing a lunch to her felt really diet culture-y, right? So that is so important to recognize that if it comes back to what is your intention behind this behavior, right? If your intention is that you're going to be stuck in a car for eight hours and you need food and you want to pack food because Food makes you feel good and it fuels you. That is not diet culture, my friends. That is simply an act of self-care and taking care of yourself. Also, it's nice because let's say you do that and you pack some of these things, whether it's non-perishable, perishable, driving in a car, flying on a plane. When you get to your destination, whether that's a vacation spot, a family or friend's house, now you have some snacks. So what if, let's say, this family member has a really weird relationship with food, right? And they might not stock their house plentiful. They might not offer you snacks because not because they're being rude. Although I might think that's rude. (laughs) It's because maybe they're not thinking about food because they just, they either are restrictive and, or they just don't, eat snacks typically. So then you're, you might say, Oh, this is fine. I have my bars that I brought along, or I have my dried fruit or whatever it is that you can now just snack in between your meals and you're good to go. And so that comes down to our yesterday, our conversation, um, about how to navigate diet culture talk and and being able to set boundaries too. it, you know, knowing the fine line of I brought my own things. I can, I can engage in that, but also setting a boundary. If this person doesn't eat consistently, like, Hey, I got to go eat lunch. Like if, if you don't want to eat, that's fine, but I'm going to go get something. So that's kind of a culmination of two of our, our training videos here, but to get back to the number one point of fueling during the holidays is eat frequently. So your body needs to eat. Even if you're sitting in a car all day long, your body needs fuel. Even if you're sitting on a very long flight, your brain alone needs over 300 calories just to function properly every single day. And that's just your brain. So chances are, if you're a human being, you need your brain, right? We need food regardless of what we're doing every single day. And I'm here to tell you that you have permission to eat on a long travel day. So when we look at fueling frequently, this comes down to kind of similar to the conversation we had on day one about blood sugar. The more consistently you eat, the more your blood sugar will be stable. The more stable your blood sugar is, the less hangry you will be and the more pleasant you will be to be around. So another thing I like to cover with food around the holidays is a lot of times before clients make peace with food or are intuitive eaters, I'll also I'll often see them in this restrictive binge cycle. Or another way to say it for maybe um traveling is vacation mode, right? Where Let's say you have a food that you don't allow yourself or you air quotes restrict. So I'm going to use like a donut as an example, right? So you have this donut, and then you get to a point where you say, Well, fuck it. I had one donut. Now all hell is going to break loose because I already messed up. I'm going to eat more donuts, candy, pizza, ice cream. I'm just going to eat all the things because come tomorrow or come Monday or after I get back, that's when the diet starts, right? I hear that over and over and over from clients who are not deep into their intuitive eating journey. This is more towards the beginning of the journey. So when that happens, I love analogies. I like to think of the analogy as, okay, that's literally the exact same thing as saying, I have a flat tire. Let's pretend you and I are driving down the road. I get a flat tire. We get out of the car together. And we go and we look at the other three clot tires and I grab a machete and just start chopping holes in them. Cause I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. We have one flat tire. Why not have four? And it sounds silly, but that's what's happening with food. If we have one unplanned snack, one unplanned meal, something that we don't usually allow ourselves, which that would go back to again, a different training of making peace with food. And that's a whole nother thing we would want to dive into, but on vacation or traveling, right? When this occurs, I call that tire slashing. And my one client, she's so funny. She This used to be her to a T like every single weekend, she would air quotes, be good Monday, be good Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then she would tire slash all weekend. She would call it once we went over this analogy. So being able to recognize if this behavior pattern is going on for you during travel there's no guilt. There's no shame. There's nothing wrong with this. Just bringing awareness around it to say, okay, if I have a donut, can I just have the donut and move on? And if I want to eat a nutrient dense meal for lunch, great. If pizza is the only thing available to me, that's fine too, but doing the best with the resources that I can or that I have around me, right? And so tire slashing is one thing I want you guys to definitely remember that analogy and see if you think that's something that's present in your own behavior patterns. Um, And that, that brings us back to just the general, the simple intuitive eating principle of making peace with food. Restriction fuels binging. If you are restricting, you will binge. That is not a surprise. That's what we see in the research. And we know that. So if that is occurring, there is nothing wrong with you. That is going to keep happening as long as that restriction is continuing. So that's where we, we just really want to be mindful of that. And a lot of times what will happen, right? Is So that will happen. People will go on vacation. They'll travel. They'll eat all of the things, right? All of the foods that they're, air quotes, not allowed to eat or that they try to restrict. And then they get home from vacation or traveling. And what do they say? Oh my gosh, I need to go on a diet. Oh my gosh, I am never eating X, Y, or Z again. Oh my gosh, I need to go on a juice cleanse, right? I've heard this over and over again. And so what happens is I want you to flip that script. And let's pretend that over our Thanksgiving break, right, or whatever holiday you're thinking of, that if you ate salads and drank green juice every single day for one week on a vacation or on this trip, what do you think that you would crave when you got home from that trip? Or what would you want to eat? Anything other than green juice and a salad, probably a Insane amount of carbohydrates, right? Yes, I see some people writing hot food, right? Like anything, because these are these are crispy, these are fresh, these are cold, right? So I would want hot food. I would want the opposite of that. I would want carbohydrates, something warm, something comforting. I would want crunchy crackers, right? Grainy foods. I would want protein. I would want meats. I would want, I would want cheese, I would want all of the things that are not salad and green juice. So we do the same thing when we go the opposite way, where if we go on a vacation and go into that air quotes, fuck it mentality, right? Then we hit that point of every day on vacation. Let's say you're eating the pizza and the ice cream and the cakes and the cookies and and the fried foods and all of that. And then we get home from vacation and we say, how could I do that? All I want is salad or a vegetable or a green juice. That is a normal reaction. There is nothing wrong with you. And so, the same thing would happen if we flip the script, like we just said. And so, being able to recognize that we have to find the gray area what would it look like to have nutrient dense foods and the fun, play foods, right? The more indulgent foods and feel physically pleasant. And that's what food freedom is all about. And that's why when we travel, that's something that we really, really, really love to harp on. And so this is like food habituation 101 um, is the kind of the science behind what I just said about how if you ate, let's say pizza cake, cookies, donuts for one week, you would want nothing to do with that a week later. And the, the main study that on food habituation that's highly talked about is in college students. And they, there were these college students that they took this group and they said, okay, you're going to come to this seminar every night and you're going to get free unlimited pizza for one month, every night for dinner, however much you want, you get it. And they were like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then by like the second week, they were like, I don't want to look at pizza ever again right? Like they're like, I'm so over it. And so that's food habituation. So we don't want to ruin pizza, right? We don't want to ruin the play foods or the fun foods, just like we don't want to ruin nutrient dense salads or fruits and veggies. But sometimes those can get tarnished from diet culture. If those are things, the only things we're allowed to eat or the only things we air quotes should be eating. And so when we create a peaceful relationship with food, it's allowing all foods to fit and trusting that our body is going to be able to tell us what it wants in that moment. Um, And so if you're a research nerd, highly recommend food habituation, looking that up and looking the research on that intuitive eating.org also has tons of studies um, as well. So looking at, again, our hunger and fullness, right? Have you ever been hangry? Um, I want you to think back to the last time. I want you to shut your eyes and imagine and think back. When was the last time that you were hangry? Okay. So you, you can imagine that time, how long had it been since you previously ate that time that you were hangry, right? And then how did you act when you got in front of food? right? So you finally got in front of food for not being in front of food for an extended period of time. When you're hangry, how do you act around food? You just want to stuff all the food in your face, right? You can't get it in quick enough. You're hungry. You're angry. You're, you're anxious. You just eat, eat, eat. I use the example of myself. One time I was running errands. I think I went to a hair. It was a hair appointment that I got stuck in the, the chair for like four hours. I had no snacks. I had no water. I didn't eat enough. Like I didn't anticipate being there that long. And then I was meeting my husband at an all you can eat like chips and salsa Mexican restaurant. After that, how many chips and salsa do you think I ate when I sat down in that chair after like, it was probably six or seven hours about eating. I ate baskets of chips and salsa. Now, again, there's nothing good nor bad about that. There's no morality tied to that eating experience. But because I removed guilt and shame from food, I can recognize that happened because I was not adequately fed and I was hangry and my blood sugar was low. So back to the idea of the more frequently you eat, the more balanced your blood sugar will be. And that's when we think about hunger and fullness. It truly is a scale. So I want you to think about one being so hungry that you're like shaking, you're going to pass out versus 10 is so full that you feel so sick. Like you need to unbutton your pants. You need to lay down. And then five is like smack dab in the middle. It's neutral. You're not hungry. You're not full. You're just, it's just neutral. So what happened to me that day with the chips and salsa is I was like a one, maybe a two, I was pushing it, right? I was so hungry that by the time I got in front of food, it didn't matter what was put in front of me. I was going to eat it and I was going to eat it quickly, right? And so we may not be able to pick all of the foods that we have availability to when we're traveling or or when we're on vacation, but we can be intentional about the consistency in which we eat, which brings me back to, I know this has been a long-winded conversation, but to the sole point of eating frequently, trying to get something in every three to four hours. So now I do wanna shift a little bit to some of the other tips on travel, one being gratitude. Um, When we travel, like we said, we have to have radical acceptance that there's a lot going on around us that we have no control over. We have no control over the other cars on the road, traffic, um, people on an airplane, um, busyness in an airport, Uh, a flight being delayed, right? There's so many things that we have zero control over and we just have to roll with the punches. So gratitude and or just stress management techniques in general can be very helpful and can take up such a short amount of time. So taking, I would say two minutes could be your max amount of time. You don't have to take a lot of time, but two minutes per day to to do something for you. So whether that is journaling or a gratitude practice, practice waking up every day, whether it's grabbing your phone or grabbing an actual journal and writing down one, two, maybe three things that you're, you're really thankful for um, you're grateful for to really kind of ground yourself. Maybe it's a spiritual practice. If you have, you know, a religion that you believe in, maybe it's praying or spending some time meditating, maybe it's breathing exercises Um, maybe it's reading a book, just taking two minutes to read out of, out of a book that you love. Um, or maybe it's even listening to a super inspiring podcast. So, you know, that we love to podcast and we're always happy to have you listening. Um, but maybe it's something non-related to food or body image or fitness. Maybe it's just, um, a meditative podcast or something on stress management, something that you can just have a little blurb that you can focus on you. You have permission when you travel to set a boundary to to just focus on you. One of our participants saying they're grateful for the webinar. Thank you so much. And um, I think that's a wonderful example of gratitude, right, Um, for this training. Um, But making sure that you are practicing that for you, right, when you travel. Because it's so easy for it to just be so crazy, especially in the world that we live in. And then one of the other pieces is joyful movement when we travel. So just like we were talking about previously, if you are traveling to somebody's house and they have their own relationship with food and fitness, that can rub off on you, right? Because let's say that person, let's say they don't like to move their body and they like to wake up and sit on the couch and not move and just watch TV or watch the news or read and just sit. There's nothing wrong with that. That is their opinion. That is their the, the, their behaviors that they like to engage in. And that is fine. So I think it's important to remember that if you enjoy movement for you, you do not need to cave to somebody else's behavior pattern. If you say, you know what, when I'm traveling, it makes me feel best. If I get out in the morning and go for a brisk, you know, walk or li- and listen to a podcast Maybe do some stretching. Maybe you have some type of fitness class that you like to watch um, or use on your phone or tablet or computer. Um, there is nothing wrong with that. Um, being outside, walking, jogging, hiking, fishing, biking, exploring a new city, there's so many ways that you can incorporate joyful movement um, that it doesn't have to be about working out or exercising, but it's about, t- again, taking that time to do something for you that you enjoy. So everybody listening to this is going to have a different answer. There is no right answer to that question, Um, but it's important to recognize that. In the same breath, I want to make sure I'm being very clear that if you do not rest, if you are the person who works out two hours a day every day and feels guilt and shame, if you miss a workout, we need to rest. This is not about incorporating more movement. This is about incorporating rest that you can truly rest and be okay with it and have permission. So I just want you to know that you have permission to rest. And if you're someone that you think that your, your exercise is coming from a place of again, punishment, um, your intention is not because you enjoy it, but because you have to do it um, because you want to see how many calories you burn. um, You feel guilt and shame for not moving. That's where we would want to explore practicing joyful rest instead of joyful movement. So back to what we talked about. One, sanitation, right? Wearing a mask, making sure when you travel that you are putting that first. That comes before everything else we talked about. Two, hydration. Before we talk about food, having adequate hydration and water, which is the anchor to your cells and everything that your body needs to do. Three, fueling frequently, right? Fueling every three to four hours, getting something in your body, balancing that blood sugar, packing non-perishable snack items or perishable snacks. If you're driving, having things available, you have to continue to eat. If you are sitting and traveling all day, your body and your brain still need energy. Four would be the gratitude and the uh, stress management practices that we talked about taking, even if it's just two minutes to unplug, to shut everyone else out and just focus on you. And then lastly, like we just talked about finding that movement that you enjoy when you're traveling, whether that is movement outside, movement inside. And if you feel like your movement has become very excessive and unenjoyable, then it's trying to find rest and being okay with resting. Um, And if you are struggling with that, there's many amazing fitness accounts out there. Um, One of my favorites is Tally Rye, who is a intuitive eating fitness trainer who focuses on movement and rest and teaching people how to find joy with movement again. So, In today's training, again, everything that we've covered, day one, day two, day three, these are truly just the tip of the iceberg. Like we go so much more in depth when we're working with clients, especially when we get to interact and hear what you're personally struggling with or whatever your personal obstacles are. So it's important to remember that after listening to to a training like this, that you have to remember how long were you stuck in diet culture? You know, when was your first memory of dieting, um, and giving yourself grace for that? Um, because I think that when we think about how long we can be stuck in diet culture, we, we have this, sometimes this expectation of, Oh, I'm just going to hear the information. I'm just going to change, but it takes a lot of time to build awareness around this, um, to be able to then start to make changes that honor your body. So really just giving grace to yourself. Um, We do have a few spots in our group coaching program and our group coaching, I absolutely love because we meet weekly, which is amazing. It's weekly support. So you'll get on the virtual call Every week, they um, take place at Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is 12 consecutive weeks, which takes us through the holiday season, which I'm so grateful for. I think a lot of times diet culture pumps out the message of like, don't start your new year's resolution until after the holidays, like blow your holidays. That is bogus. It is time to get support when you need it. Holidays are a stressful time. The travel, the diet culture talk um, navigating more, being around food more and social events. So we are here to help you and support you during that time. Um, with our group coaching, you'll also have lifetime access to our course, which you will be going deeply into the 10 intuitive eating principles, learning how to apply those principles to you specifically, and you'll be a part of this supportive community. So you're not only supported by the, um, our group of dietitians and counselors at fine food freedom, but you're also getting the support of others um, as well. And I see a comment coming through here, Don, thank you so much. Um, She's saying she's worked one-on-one with me um, for two years now. And she says, I can say it works on all fronts. Well, thank you, Don. Thank you so much for that feedback. And, you know, we, we are here to support you and, the group is just such a great place because you not only get the support from our team but like i said from a community of people who understand what you're going through. So if you want to apply the intuitive eating principles, make peace with food, make peace with your body, enjoy food physically, mentally, emotionally, um engage in behaviors that support your physical, mental and emotional well-being, again have that community and genuinely improve your health, then this group is a great A great fit for you. So, if this is something you've been thinking about, um, we would absolutely love to have you apply. If you go to bit.ly forward slash apply dash find food freedom, all lowercase, all one word, um, that will take you to our application. We do highly screen all of our participants just to make sure that everybody is on the same path towards food freedom, that it is a safe environment for all group members that enter. and if you're hearing this, you will also get a bonus call with me. So as soon as we get you into the group, I'm going to hop on a call with you one-on-one and we can start to really, really work through whatever your biggest struggles are. So that is bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash apply dash find food freedom. Um, and we would be so honored to see your application come through if you feel like it is a good fit. Um, and so let's see, I'm going to open up for questions. I see Don has a question here. Do you think food has just as much as an effect as exercise? So if you could, Don, if you could provide a little more um, clarity of what you mean by that. Um, but I'm going to go off of what I'm thinking you're meaning and answer it and tell me if that helps. So the question was, do you think that food has as much of an effect as exercise for me? I would say food has more than an effect on our body than exercise. Don't get me wrong. Movement is super, super important. Um, it is absolutely known to help you know, benefit us in many different ways, aerobically, cardiovascular health, um, blood sugar control, et cetera. Um, But when it comes to food, we have to eat multiple times a day, right? Our, our organs need a very, you know, general amount of calories and energy just to function properly. So if we are not feeding our bodies adequately, they can simply not function properly. Um, so I feel like food is more important because of that, where we really need to make sure we're getting our adequate, like eating adequately and getting our needs met. Um, and then we think about all of the amazing benefits of food. Um, first of all, if we think of nutrient dense foods, right. Fighting diseases, also helping with things such as blood sugar control, cardiovascular disease, et cetera. Um, But then we also think about the social aspect of food too. So thinking about holidays coming up, right? Like surrounding ourselves with family and friends and loved ones, it's always centered around food. So if we don't have peace with food, that sends up our stress response. um, And that can actually be even more detrimental to, to our health than the fitness aspect. Um, I also think it's important for people. I was actually talking about this in my group coaching last night, we were talking all about movement and joyful movement. And I challenge people to look at movement differently. I know for me, when I was in the thick of diet culture, for something to be considered movement, I had to be at a class, sweating my ass off, my face was beat red. I had to almost be like in pain to say I moved. Um, that, yes, don't get me wrong, like boot camp classes, those are amazing. Like, I think if you like them and you're energized by them, that is a great form of movement. So I'm not dissing that. But I think it's important to recognize that there's movement doesn't just have to be going to a workout class, it can be taking multiple little walks per day just to get out and get fresh air, it can be stretching in bed before you even get out of bed, doing some stretches to move your spine and move your body. It can be doing yoga, you know, after a long day's work to just stretch and calm the mind, you know, it can be going for a run. It can be so many different things and it doesn't always have to be an extended period of time. It can be small cut up pieces of movement because our body doesn't forget, right? It's a sum of all parts. So if you have a day where you do five, 10 minute windows of movement, right? That's 15 minutes of movement. That could be five, 10 minute walks instead of a one hour, you know, power walk. So I think also recognizing, I think sometimes people get overwhelmed by the idea of incorporating movement. And it's really, really important to um, give yourself grace and, and see what's best for you. Some people love to just do a full hour. Some people love to cut it up. Um, but recognizing that it's, it's going to be different depending on what you're looking for. So, um, and what you like and what you enjoy, right? So thank you so, so much for participating in our three-day fine food freedom training series, holiday edition. Um, if you haven't already, you'll get all of the recordings sent out to you, um, and we will make sure that you have those so you can listen back, send them to a friend, really just make sure that you are fully, fully supported during this holiday season. So thank you all so much for joining. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. We know there are a ton of pods out there and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. Please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon.